You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. It's January 1st. 2023. None of us thought that would come when Y2K was coming around so long ago, you remember? All the kids are like, is that an app? What? We didn't know what was going to happen. It was, it was crazy. That was an interesting watch night service, that's for sure. Everyone was praying with one eye open. Oh, goodness. New Year's Day. I'm glad you're in church on New Year's Day. Hey, you're starting this year off in the best way that you can. You are starting this year off victoriously, and I am glad for you. Pride is a sin, so I am not proud of you, but I am glad for you that you are starting this year off victoriously. I want to know, are you going to end this year victoriously? And you realize you can't answer that question unless you ask, answer this question. Are you going to live this year through victoriously? Because I would argue if you start January 1st victoriously and you end December 31st victoriously, but you live January 2nd through December 30th like a hellion, that is not victorious living. I want to start things off right. But you fail. Because you do. How many of you have New Year's resolutions? Or you've just given up, haven't you? You've just given up. <laughs> Let me ask you something. What do you need this year? What do you need this year? And while, you're, while you're thinking of that, I, I, uh, what, some people might say, I need, I need a new car this year. My car's run, running down. I need a new car this year. I need a promotion this year. That'd be nice. I need, a, I need to lose some weight this year. What are you laughing at? I need to gain some weight this year, maybe some of you. I need to gain some weight. Where's Brother Fernando? Is Brother Fernando in here? There you are, Brother Fernando. You remember that one time I, I mentioned before I needed to gain some weight? You remember what you told me? Have any, have any of you talked to Brother Fernando? You need to talk to Brother Fernando. He's a good man. He came up to me. <laughs> Pastor. Here, you want to gain some weight. Are you from New York? Jersey. Jer uh, Jersey. Okay. <laughs> Pastor, here, you want to gain some weight. I'm like, I, I, I need to. <laughs> I still remember. Never forget it. Peanut butter sandwich, glass of milk. <laughs> I did it that night. I've never felt more American in my life. I'll tell you. Oh, sound advice, sir. Sound advice. <laughs> what do you need this year? Maybe you say, I need better time management. I need better time management. I was just chaotic this past year. Maybe you say that. Maybe you say, I need to read more books. I need to read more books this year. I don't know what it is, but let's start with reading this book. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be in two different places. 2 Corinthians 12, and then we'll be just a little over in Hebrews um, once we're done here. But 
2 Corinthians chapter 12 is where we'll start. This is Paul the Apostle speaking in verse 7. He says, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. And you can read about these revelations in verse 1 through 6. Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. We know what the word buffet means. I mean, just wailing on somebody. Not just, not just hitting, not just punching, but going for blood. That's what buffet means. Constantly and deeply and painfully being, being hit. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness." My strength will complete your incompletion. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4. If you read a little further, Paul goes on to say, Lord, if that's the promise that you give, that, that when I am weak, you will be strong for me, then that means when I am weak, it's nothing to be sad about. It's something to glory in because that means, God, you've got to do something yeah. or you're lying to me. That's right. Oh, what did we just sing? I want you, I want you to, after this message, if I, remember, if I remember, I'm going to try to remind you about how God has orchestrated this. Think of this message that I'm going to preach and think of the words, the protection of his child and treasure is a charge that on himself he laid. As thy days, thy strength shall be in measure. This the pledge to me he made. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Double negative, what happens when you put two negatives together? cancel each other out. So we could say, for we have an high priest which can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But that is not as powerful as how the Bible said it. The Bible does not mince words and does not just say things for sake of saying it. We have not an high priest. All throughout the Old Testament, you had a high priest that did not know how you felt. And yet you relied upon that high priest to be your ambassador between God and you. We don't have that anymore. We have a priest that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. For he was in all points tempted like as we are. Yet without sin, if he sinned, he'd be in the same spot. Yeah. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Heavenly Father, please bless the preaching of your word. I, I don't know everybody that is here today. It seems that 
Lord, you have brought, I, I know exactly who you wanted to be here today. You've brought them here today. Father, if there are any souls in this place that are on their way to hell, please save them. Convict them not through my words, but through your Holy Spirit of their need for a Savior. And do not let them leave this place. Lord, with your help, I promise they will leave this place without excuse if they don't leave with you. But please let them leave with you. But if there are Christians here, those who believe, who are struggling, and they have a need, let this message be a blessing to them, please. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. I'll give you some time. What did we mention earlier to the question, what, what do you need this year? What would you like to have by the end of this year that you don't have right now? Maybe a new vehicle, lose weight, gain weight, promotion, read more books, better time management, something physical, something mental, something emotional. I don't know what it is. Here's... I think those are all fine resolutions. I really think they are. I think you should have some goals to shoot for. We're going to have vision night in a couple weeks, and we're going to talk about goals that we're shooting for as a church. I think it's important. But answer me this. Will any of those things that you're thinking about or that I mentioned, because it was not an exhaustive list, but will any of those things help you? When you get a call this year that you or a loved one has a serious illness? Will gaining a promotion see you through when you get a phone call that your loved one has been in a horrible accident? Will being more pleased with the numbers on the scale see you through when you come to the realization that your children are showing signs that they want to walk away from all this. Will waking up earlier in the day and maybe going to bed earlier at night, will that help you cope when your close friend betrays you this year? When family hurts you this year? Will reading more books give you strength when the devil comes at you with an attack and you fall? Will any of those things help you when something out of nowhere brings an argument into your family and it tears your family apart? Now, church, don't get me wrong. I don't wish that on any of you. You understand. I don't wish that on any of you. But you need to know this. Each and every one of you is one phone call, one moment, one, one mistake, one day, however you want to put it. You are very close. Each and every one of you is very close, but one moment away from your world being complete. Completely shaken. I am not telling you to live your life. What if? What if? What if? I'm not, I'm not telling you to wake up every morning and ask, what if my spouse leaves me? And what if my children go wayward? And, and, and what if the, the church splits? And, and what if 
I get this diagnosis, and what if this happens? I'm not telling you to, to ask what if. I'm telling you to think it could be. It could be that something happens this year that shakes my world. It could be before the end of the day that something happens that changes everything. Miss Cindy Keith did not wake up last week thinking I'm going to fall and I'm going to break my leg today. Scott and Maria didn't think they were getting that call. Praise the Lord, it wasn't worse, but it could have been. It could be. See, asking what if will, will paralyze you in fear. Asking what if will, will stop you in panic. That's what happened two years ago. What if I get out and I get sick? You know what the Bible says? There, there, the, the slothful man says, there's a lion out there. I'll be slain in the streets. I can't go outside. There's lions out there. What if I go out and a lion just shows up in the middle of the road and eats me? I'm going to stay inside. Look, yeah, there's lions out there. Okay, there's lions out there. It could be that one attacks you. You don't need to stay inside. Just carry a gun. <laughs> yeah, there's lions out there. Don't ask what if a lion attacks me. How about it could be a lion would attack me. Then the question is what do you need if that happens? If you ask what if, you're going to stop yourself in panic. If you think could be, it will allow you to move forward with a purpose. What if I go outside and I get sick? It, 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 it could be. It could be. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for it. What do you need in order to prepare yourself for it? It could be, and that's what I'm trying to get you to think. It could be that this year brings you great difficulty. It could be that your world is rocked this year. And since that could be, I'm asking you, what do you need in order to be prepared for that? What do you need in order to see you through that? What will comfort you when that diagnosis is made? What will strengthen you when your friends and your family forsake you? What is going to carry you when tragedy strikes? What is going to hold your heart when it's torn in two? What is going to pick you up when you fall into temptation? What is going to teach you how to take a strong stand as a Christian in your secular workplace that keeps pushing the world's agenda? What is going to teach you how to do that wisely but boldly? What's going to teach you how to do that? A book that you read? Well, if I'm happier with my body, it'll make it easier. P please, please. Will driving to work in a new car help you when you get to work and they're saying, this is what we're doing in the company. We are now taking a stand with this group and this community that completely goes against your faith. And by the way, if you don't stand with us, we're coming after you. What's going to teach you how to get through that? What's going to teach you how to raise your family in a dark world? What is going to teach you how to handle your marital strife? Because again, let me just remind you, she's a woman, you're a man. Yeah. Amen. And you are very different. 
I love it when I say, I say this all the time. Men think rationally, women think emotionally. Because every time I say it, a woman goes, oh. I am not emotional. But you complete each other. You complete each other. You can't approach everything rationally, sir. Approach childcare rationally. You know what you call that? You know what you call approaching childcare only rationally? Dead child. You need the care of a mother. You need the care of a woman. But you also need the strength of a man. I don't know how I got off on that, but that was free. Happy New Year. Oh, how do you handle your marital, marital strife? What's, what's going to get you through that? When you just don't see eye to eye and you sit down and you talk, but she's speaking in a different language. Like, woman, I, I'm, I'm, I, I hear what you're saying and I'm giving you the solution. I'm giving you the solution. I don't want the solution. I just want you to listen to me. So it's like saying, we have a problem. Do we agree we have a problem? Yes, we have a problem. And it, yeah, yeah, this, this can't go on. Okay, well, well, what's the problem? What is two plus two? What is it? What is it? If we could figure that out, that would, that would be it. What is two plus two? And the husband says, four. And the wife says, I don't want to talk about it being four. I want to talk about how it's not five, and it's not six, and it's not seven, and it's not eight. What's going to get you through that? I'll read a book. Because this person knows a lot about marriage. He's been married seven times. I asked, forgive me, I'm a little sarcastic today. If, you are, if you're a guest and a visitor, yeah, it's usually like this. I, it's, it's because... It's because I care, I'm getting in the mood to preach, and I'm trying to show you, when that happens, what do you need? Grace is what you need. You need grace. In the message this morning, I'm going to use these two passages, 2 Corinthians 12, Hebrews chapter 4, to teach six biblical truths about grace. Now, it took me about 15 minutes just to get to my introduction. I... Don't let six scare you. Six biblical truths about grace, all to, get to, all to convince you to do this one thing. To have you leave here with this one New Year's resolution. I must stop relying on myself. And I must rely on the strength of God to see me through this year. Now, this message, I, I, I would hope every message I preached would help everybody in the room. And, and I think for the most part, I, I, hopefully that can be the case. If it's not the case, I can certainly say that this message will help every single person in this room. You might need all of this message. You might need all six biblical truths. You might only need five. You might only need the fifth one. I, I don't know what it is, but somewhere, somehow, this will help you. Please, 
Just focus in with me. And my question is then, what is grace? We say we need grace. Well, what is it? Now, we have a lot of good definitions for grace. People do, do the acronym, God's Riches at Christ's Expense, G-R-A-C-E. That's a good one. Grace has been called unmerited favor. Grace has been called receiving something that you don't deserve. Those are all good things. Here's the definition that I want to give you for our purposes this morning. Grace is divine strength in humanity. Grace is divine strength somehow given to humanity. Grace is divine strength in human form. That is why the Bible could say with all honesty, Jesus who came down when the word was made flesh, John was talking about, he said this, grace came by Jesus Christ. Because grace is divine strength in human form. And when Jesus came, he was full of grace and Truth, divine strength in human form. There is not a day that goes by. There is not a day where you do not have multiple instances in that day when you don't need divine strength in order to see you through. Every single day, multiple times in the day, you will face things where you will need divine strength in order to make it through that. That's why we fail all the time. That is why we fail daily, because daily we face trials that require divine strength. Daily we face obstacles that require divine strength to overcome. Daily we answer or we face questions that need answers that will only come through divine strength. Daily we have to try to solve problems that require divine strength. But daily, we try to face those things in our own strength instead of relying on the divine strength that is required to answer those questions and to flee those temptations and to find that healing and to commit those acts of righteousness. We're trying to do it in our own strength rather than relying on the divine strength that is required. People all over this world are trying to bring salvation to their soul in their own strength. They're trying to work for their salvation. You are doomed to fail before you even begin. You will daily face things that require divine strength. If you want to face them in your own strength, you can, but you will fail every time. The salvation of our souls does not come by human strength. It comes by divine strength. And that's why the Bible says, for by grace are ye saved. Through faith, not of works. It's not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works. Or you would walk around saying, I did this myself. You can't do that every day. You are going to face things that will require divine strength. You can face them in your own if you want, but you're going to fail. If you are saved in this room, it is because you humbled yourself and told Jesus, if you don't save me, I cannot save myself. Amen. That is saving grace. You also need living grace. Every day you're going to face something where you say, Lord, if you, do not, if you do not help me, I cannot help myself. Every day it's going to happen. So if every day we are not on our knees, that's why we fail. 
We need living grace. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Did it stop there? Teaching us. Teaching us. That denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. We don't just need grace to take us to heaven. We need grace to teach us on our way. When that phone call comes and turns your world upside down, when you hear of that accident, when you go to the doctor's appointment and he says, no hope. When, you, when your child breaks your heart, which by the way, parents, just another time out, if you break your child's will, they won't break your heart. Beat the devil out of your child, you won't have to cast the devil out of him later. Again, free. Happy New Year's. When you find yourself away from God, when your soul is on its way to hell, even whether you're going through problems or whether you're facing victory, you need grace. Grace is what you need. Grace will bring you oxygen on the mountaintop and let you handle it, and grace will also bring light in the valley. Grace does both. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. Twas grace that brought me safe thus far. Grace will lead me home. You need grace all the time. Grace is what you need. But here's the first truth that you need to understand about grace. Grace is never what you have. Now, here's what happened in your mind. You said, yeah, that makes sense. Well, wait. Grace is never what you have. Now, let me illustrate. If my wife were to tell me, hon, we need milk. What does that mean? It means we don't have it. It means we are either out or we are running low. If my wife says, we need milk, that either means we're out of it or we don't have enough to see us through the day. When she says we don't need it, it means we don't have it. Unless I go to the store where milk comes from, kids, store, Unless I go to the store and obtain milk, what we have will not be enough for the day. If I were to tell you I need gas in my car, why am I saying that? Because I don't have it. I'm either out or I do not have enough to make my journey through the day. So I need gas. If I had enough gas in my car to make it through the day, I wouldn't tell you I needed gas. Therefore, Okay, so wait, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. Unless I go to the gas station and obtain gas, what I have currently in the tank will not see me through the day. Therefore, when the Bible tells you, when the Bible says you need grace, it's because you don't have it. You're either out or you don't have enough to see you through the day. If you had enough to see you through the day, it wouldn't say you need it. It is saying if you try, to make it through this day with only the strength that you currently have, you will not make it. You won't make it through unless you go to the throne of grace and obtain grace. You will not make it through. When your trials come, you will not have what it takes 
in order to make it through. When you get that phone call or when something rocks your family or a friend betrays you or hurts you and your heart gets rended, you are only going to try to face that in your own strength and it won't be enough. Every day that we live, we are deficient. We are deficient of the strength that is required in order to live our lives victoriously. Grace is what you need, and grace doesn't come from within yourself. Grace is divine strength. Grace can always come to man. It can never come from man. Human can never produce divine, and grace is divine strength. Divine strength has to come from a divine source. So the Bible says, if you're going to make it through this life, you must daily come to the throne of grace and find grace to help in time of need, or you're not going to make it through your time of need. You certainly won't make it through victoriously. You don't have enough to make it through today, victoriously, unless you come to the throne of grace. And I don't care how much grace you get today, you won't have enough to make it through tomorrow unless you come again to the throne of grace. And I don't care how much grace God gave to you last year, you will not make it through this year unless you come to the throne of grace and ask him for more. Truth number two, grace is never what you deserve. Grace is never what you deserve. Why is that important? Satan came by my side making me feel low. He brought up all the hurt and pain when I had gone astray. He wanted to discourage me as I walked along life's way. He said, you're undeserving because I know where you've been. I have a record of your life when you were bound in sin. I know your darkest secrets that you will never tell. What makes you think you don't deserve a place with me in hell? Grace is never what you deserve. Why is that important? Because every time, every time, and it's daily, every time you come to the throne of grace, guess who shows up on the way? Where are you going? I'm going to the throne of grace. Why? Why? I need grace to help in time of need. You think he's going to help you after what you said today? You think he's going to help you in your time of need after what you did yesterday? Am I the only one? Am I the only one who the devil tells that? When you get on your knees to pray and right before he says, remember what you did yesterday. Hey, before you ask for help, remember what you said this morning. And you're going to ask for help. What makes you think God is going to give grace to a stinking sinner like you. And you know what? He's right. He's right. Look, the, the devil, the devil loves telling lies. He'll tell a lie every time he can. He's the father of lies. He, he'll tell a lie every time he can. He causes a lot of damage by telling lies. But he, if he can cause damage by telling the truth, he'll tell the truth. And a lot of times we give him plenty of ammo where he doesn't have to tell lies about us. All he has to do is tell the truth to make us feel very low. He just has to bring up the record. You did this, you did this, you did that. You said, ooh, this is a good one. You said this. Remember when you said that? Remember when your wife annoyed you and you said, I loved that one. 
Yeah, go, else, go ask for help for your marriage after what you said to your, to your wife yesterday. It's the truth. A sinner does not deserve divine strength. A sinner does not deserve divine strength in a time of need. But friend, if we deserved it, it wouldn't be grace. If we deserved it, it wouldn't be grace. But pastor, you don't know what I've done. I, I, I commit. I, how about this one? I keep committing the same sin over and over and over again. I feel like every time I talk to God, I got to confess the same thing. And when anyone ever does that to me, I get annoyed. I get frustrated. I keep doing the same. The sin that easily besets me keeps besetting me. I lied yesterday. I, I messed up big time yesterday. I lost my temper again. I said something vulgar. I said something hurtful. I ruined my testimony at work. And now I'm in a time of need. And I know I don't have the strength in order to see it through. But how can someone like me... Come to the throne of grace and expect God to help. Here's my answer. The one who sits on the throne is a high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows what it feels like to be tempted. He knows what it feels like to be under the bondage of this flesh. He understands our frame. He knows that you're dust. Let us come, therefore, and not just let us come, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace, knowing that when the Father looks down at me with his rod of affliction, a high priest stands in the way and says, hang on just a second. It's under the blood. Let us come boldly, therefore, unto the throne of grace. And notice this with me. What is Before we obtain grace, what do we have to obtain first? No, no, no. Before we obtain grace, what do we have to obtain first? Let us come, therefore, boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain, read it, that we may obtain mercy. There is never a time you are going to bow before the throne of grace where you don't need to obtain mercy first. There is never a time where the devil won't be able to come next to you and say, remember what you did. There's never going to be a time where you won't be able to do that. We always have to obtain mercy first, and Jesus knows that. So let the devil whisper, let the devil scream all he wants that we don't deserve it. If we didn't deserve it, it wouldn't be grace. And if we weren't sinners, why would the Lord say anything about obtaining mercy first? He's made provision. He's made provision for it all. Yes, devil, we're sinners. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Why do you think I'm going to the throne of grace to obtain mercy? Jesus says, come. Come to my throne. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Come boldly. I have mercy for you, and I have grace for you. You know what he's saying? Come to my throne. I will not give you the punishment that you deserve. I will give you instead the strength that you don't deserve. You just come. But the devil says, doesn't make any sense to me. And we speak the devil's language more than we speak the Lord's. Doesn't make sense to me. 
It only seems logical that before you can obtain help in time of need, you need to do something in order to make up for all the wrong that you've done. It seems only fair that if you're going to obtain help from God, you need to help him in some way. You need to pay for his services. Truth number three, grace is always free. Grace is always free. If grace is never what you deserve, then there's nothing you could ever do or pay for it. This is going to be circular reasoning here, but if you could in any way work or pay your way into deserving God's help, then it would no longer be grace because grace is never what you deserve. You've ruined it. Romans 11.6 explains it this way. And it's talking about salvation, but and there's a lot of other things other than salvation that are obtained by grace. He says, when something is obtained by grace, then that means you can no longer work for it. Because if you could work for it, then what's the point of grace? Right. And, and if something can only be obtained by work, then grace can have no power there, because then what's the point of works? It's, it's either grace or it's works. So tell me, Catholic friend, what is it? Tell me, religious friend, what is it? Is it grace or is it works? Because what the Bible is saying there is if it's free, you can't pay for it. If it's free, well, you can't pay for it. So why try? And if you can pay for it, it's not a gift. So does the Bible say, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, or does it not? Does it say it or does it not? Well, then if you can pay, oh, yikes. If you can pay for it, it's not a gift. If it's a gift, stop trying to pay for it. And it's not just the saving grace that people try to pay for. It's the living grace that people try to pay for. Lord, I'm going to come to the throne of grace after I clean up my life a little bit. Come to the throne and you'll obtain mercy to clean it up. Bible always compares grace to a gift. Grace is always free. And that is really good news. Because suppose, suppose that divine strength could only come by our works. Where would our sinners be? Suppose that it required works in order to obtain grace. How much would you have? Where would blasphemers be? Oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not blaspheming. You've never said, oh my God? You never used the name of Jesus as a curse word? That is blasphemy. And if grace is obtained by your works, how would you be doing? Where would liars be? Where would liars be as far as the grace meter is concerned if grace could only be obtained by your works? Are you not a liar? You are a liar. If you say you're not a liar, you just lied. So... Where, where would you be if grace could only be obtained by, by your works? We would not be in a good spot as far as grace is concerned. So it's wonderful news that grace is free because if grace is free, then it does not matter what you've done. You need not be afraid of coming to the throne. Truth number four. Grace is always available. Whenever you hear something's free, free, while supplies last. <laughs> Some, sometimes I hear, you know, Tracy, she's getting up super early in the morning. 
The only other people who are up in this world are milkmen and snipers. And my wife is up because Bath and Body Works is doing some type of, you know, first 5,000 customers gets a hand sanitizer and I'm going. And she ventures out, yeah, it's free, it's free. But you go two minutes after the store's closed, we're out. God will never, has never run out of grace. It is always free and it is always available. It's not while supplies last. It is, I don't care what your demand is, I've got the supply. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Come daily. Come hourly. Come every minute if you need to and come just as boldly as you did the first time because it will always be free and it will always be available. Truth number five. Grace is always in time. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Listen, this is a hard one. Grace never comes before you need it. But it becomes available at the throne right in time. Grace does not come before we're weak. It becomes available in your weakness. Last year around this time, the Lyons family never would have thought they could have handled watching their home burn down. But when it happened, they came to the throne and found grace right in time. That missionary wife, Jocelyn Trell, if you would have told her, in a week from now, your husband will be shot in front of you and you will hold him as he dies, she would have told you, I can't handle that. But when it happened, she went to the throne and found grace to help right in time. On July 6, 2004, I became very aware of my soul's destination. I knew I was going to hell, and I couldn't handle it. But I came to the throne and found grace to help right in time. There have been times in my ministry I face things that if you would have told me a month before, a week before, the day of, this is what's going to happen to you, I would have looked back with all honesty and said, I don't, I can't handle that right now. I can't deal with that right now. Some of you, this very last year, if somebody would have warned you, this is the phone call you're going to get today. This is the diagnosis that's going to come today. This is the friend that's going to pass today. This is the family member that's going to be gone today. You would have looked back and said, I, I'm too tired for that. 
I have too much going on. I can't handle any more. But it happened, and when you come to the throne of grace, what do you find right in time? Every time. It could be that this year turns your world upside down. It could be that your family leaves you this year, that your friends forsake you this year. It could be that an accident happens this year. It could be that a diagnosis comes to, this, uh, comes to you this year. It could be this year, it could be today, when you come to the realization that you are not saved and you're on your way to hell. What should I do? Come to the throne of grace and you will find it right in time. Every time. Truth number six, grace is always sufficient. God told Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect, complete in weakness. We don't like number five, and this number six is going to address that a little bit, but we definitely don't like number six, okay? Our, what, what, is the, what is the favorite hymn of America? What's the favorite hymn? Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. Okay, all right. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. Do you realize what God is telling Paul here? Paul, when you're at 95%, I got 5% grace right here for you to make you complete. Paul, when you're at 50%, I got 50% grace here for you to complete you. When you're at 10%, I've got 90. When you've got nothing, grace will carry you all the way. My grace is always sufficient for you. You know what sufficient means? Enough. Enough to complete you. We sing amazing grace. Grace is not amazing because it is more than we can handle. Grace is amazing because it's always just what we can handle. Grace is amazing, not because it overflows us. Grace is amazing because it fills us right up to what we need and always up to what we need, exactly when we need it. Now, here's my question. Why does God do that? Why doesn't God just give us a stockpile? Look, man, you keep on coming every single day. Why don't you just bring a bag with you next time and load up and leave me alone? Why doesn't he do that? It's, if God knew which he, he knew everything. He knew, he knew the hairs on my head. He knows them now. I'm really helping him with his subtraction lately. But he knows the hairs on my head. He knows everything. It, it seems that if God were to know, okay, Johnny Che is going to need one million pounds of grace by the end of his life. So then why don't I just come to him the first time and he says, here's a million pounds, buddy. Spend it wisely. Why doesn't he do that? Because then I'd never come back. I'd never have to come back. He wants me to come every day. And on the day when I need 10 pounds, he gives me 10 pounds. But then when I go and I do something real bad or something real bad happens to me and I say, Lord, I need about 5,000 pounds today. I got it. I got it. Lord, this is a tough one. I don't know how to handle this one. And I've never asked you for anything like this before. And I feel like I ask you all the time. 
And I don't know how you're going to do it, but I need 50,000 pounds of grace today. I got it. I got it. He's not checking his account. Ooh, let me check with Gabriel on that one. How's the heavenly economy doing? How's the NASDAQ? How's the Dow? What what has Joe done today? I don't know. On the day I needed grace to navigate the lowest parts of my life, he gave me just enough. Just enough. And, And here's how that is. Here's how that is, people. And you need to get this in your reality. You need to get this in your mind. This is what grace looks like. You come up from the throne of grace thinking this, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this day. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this day. Because you're still at 10%. You've got to rely on him for the 90. Here's what grace looks like. You pillow your head thinking, Lord, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how I made it through. I never would have thought I'd make it through that day. It was rough. You wake up in the morning and guess what's the first thing in your face? Problems. And you come back and you say, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this day. But you do. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this one. But you do. How? His grace is always sufficient for you. On the day you need enough grace to save your soul, he's got it. The day you need enough grace to deal with that phone call, he's got it. The day you just need a little grace to deal with your boss, he's got it. The day you need some grace to lead your family, he's got it. The day you need grace to mend your marriage or it's done, he's got it. You just need to come. If you want to make it through this year victoriously, grace is what you need. Good thing grace is what he has. Because if you face any of those things on your own, you will not make it through. You won't lay your head on your pillow tonight without facing something between here and then that will require divine strength in order to see you through. Get it? You will not lay your head on your pillow tonight that will not require divine strength in order to see you through. You must come to the throne of grace. On the way, guess who's going to show up? You don't deserve that. Think of all you've done. Think of all you've said. Think of who you are. Why would he help you? You tell him to be quiet. You tell him, I don't trust you. I trust him. And the good thing about grace is it's never what you deserve. It's always free. It's always available. You just have to come and ask for it. It will be there right in time, and it will be exactly what you need. What do you need this year? Grace is what you need. You started this year victoriously. Do you want to end it victoriously? Then you got to see it through victoriously. What do you need? Grace is what you need. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Have you had that saving grace applied to your life? Have you come to the throne of grace and said, Lord, I am a sinner, and if you don't save me by your grace, I will go to hell? Do you know right now, for a Bible reason, that you're on your way to heaven? Would you raise your hand if that is your testimony? Don't raise your hand if you can't. Don't raise your hand if you can't.
but I know Jesus is my Savior. God bless you. You put your hands down. I didn't see anybody not raising their hand. So let me, let me talk to you. Let me talk to you here. You have found saving grace. You need living grace. This year, you will face trials daily that require divine strength. When you wake up in the morning, your prayer needs to be, Lord, grace. I had to take a walk on Friday or Thursday. And when I took the first step of that walk, you know what I prayed? Lord, I have nothing to preach Sunday. I was so burdened. So many of you are coming up and asking me, Pastor, are you okay? You look burdened. Refer to first letter or first word of that sentence. Pastor. My burdens are your burdens. Pastor, what's wrong? My question back is, uh, what's wrong with you? Because whatever's wrong with you is what's wrong with me. And I was walking and I was burdened. And I said, Lord, I need grace. Did he give it to you? I don't know. He gave me this message. Did it help you? Then I'd say he gave me grace. Lord, grace. Maybe that's what you need to write in the beginning of your Bible. Lord, grace. That's your prayer this year. Lord, grace. If you will live the way God wants you to live, victoriously, don't rely on yourself. You've got to rely more on Him. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.